The following is a paid podcast from J.P. Morgan Chase. This special message from J.P. Morgan Chase highlights its work in communities around the country. Hey, folks! Brian Babylon here with another paid episode of Placemakers from J.P. Morgan Chase. In these episodes, I'm digging into incredible urban revitalization projects spearheaded by J.P. Morgan Chase. I've taken you to the Rust Belt to investigate blight in Detroit, and I've brought you down south to stroll down O.C. Haley Boulevard in New Orleans. Today, we're going west to a city that usually makes headlines for being the birthplace of great inventions like one-click purchasing and pumpkin spice lattes. In a pretty different vein, it also happens to be the birthplace of integrated public housing in America, and it's that fact that has me here today. the diversity and how everyone is like one big family. It's really close to schools and um, shops and everything. The community grew up together and everybody's really close and like if you ever need anything from your neighbors like you can just easily go there like you don't feel scared because like you're comfortable with the people you grew up with and yeah it's like a big family basically. This is my home. I know everybody. Everybody like family. So that's home. This week, I'm in Seattle, Washington, on the site of that housing project called Yesler Terrace. I'm going to dig into its history and share the story of how Yesler has entered a new era of multicultural and multiracial opportunity. Yesler Terrace sits at the top of a steep rise on the edge of downtown Seattle. Its buildings perch at the top of the hill. Chinatown and Little Saigon are both to the south. Head east, and you're in the historically black central district, and the student and artist neighborhood of Capitol Hill and First Hill are just north. Yesler sits in the center of sort of a crescent moon-shaped swath of diversity in Seattle. With its new residential buildings, fresh green parks, and stunning views of Puget Sound and Mount Rainier, Yesler is an incredible spot to behold. But it hasn't always been that way. The Seattle Housing Authority originally developed the project in the early 1940s. It's been a public housing project. It's actually the second oldest public housing project west of the Mississippi and the first integrated public housing project in the country. It became very obvious after 75 years that the infrastructure and the actual buildings themselves were in need of refurbishment and or replacement. That's Andrew Lofton. He's the executive director at the Seattle Housing Authority, the group and city government that originally developed Yesler back in 1941. After so many years, Yesler had become stagnant, physically and economically. It had become a little worse for wear, and because of its hilltop location, it was isolated from surrounding neighborhoods. In 2008, the Seattle Housing Authority locked its focus on Yesler. It's a tremendous site in terms of urban experience and from an urban planner's point of view. It's located adjacent to downtown. It's located a mile from 25% of all the jobs in the city. It has tremendous views. And so through that process, we recognized that uh, the site itself was conducive for urban revitalization. It was conducive to creating opportunity for our residents. It was conducive to economic opportunities for the surrounding communities as well. 
So we wanted to reconnect it to the city, we wanted to reconnect it to the surrounding neighborhoods, and we wanted to transform a pocket of extremely low-income individual families into an integrated neighborhood that was healthy and vibrant and something that everyone would want to be a part of. The stage was set for an overhaul, but as with many urban development projects, certain issues, yes, I'm talking about the G word, had to be addressed. Gentrification is a real threat to these existing neighborhoods. Here's Doris Coop, community organizer and leader at the Yesler Community Collaborative. Around the Yesler community and within the Yesler community, we have very old neighborhoods that have been historic homes of the black community, the Asian Pacific Islander community, the gay and lesbian community, and a growing art and culture community. The Yesler Community Collaborative, or YCC, is a nonprofit that came together as the Yesler Project took shape to help ensure that all voices from the community were heard. There had been many, many, many efforts from the various neighborhoods to make sure their communities stay true to their culture, make sure that they are a welcoming place for diversity, and honor all the pioneers that have come before them, and also to sort of withstand and fight against the increasing real estate pressures that threaten the destruction of all of these communities as the development pressures push southwards from downtown Seattle. So one of the first unifying uh, goals for the Yeso Community Collaborative um, through its housing cohort uh, was to formulate uh, a set of anti-displacement strategies uh, in a way that support the richness of the neighborhood. So the issue that Andrew and Doris faced was how to breathe new life into Yesler while maintaining its integrity, its diversity, and while making sure there will be new opportunities for a broad spectrum of people in the neighborhood. If we're only to redo the physical landscape, we would just have a pocket of poverty in better designed housing. And that, that's not the point. The point of all of this is that people have the ability to pursue their aspirations. They have the ability to succeed for their families. We spent about six or seven years talking um, with stakeholders, community, residents, interested parties to understand what could not only be possible there, but what did people feel was important there. And through that process, we really developed a redevelopment plan that we think it was something that reflected the community's interests, but also took advantage of the tremendous site and the tremendous uh, situation of the property itself. Instead of just saying, well, let's just do more of the same, the Housing Authority dared to embrace a bold vision of using 28 acres of land so close to downtown. You can practically walk to downtown Seattle from Yeso Terrace and said, why don't we um, take on ourselves environmental stewardship of building a dense urban neighborhood that is walkable, close to transit, and make our carbon footprint much smaller from 561 units to eventually 6,000 housing units. So that's a very bold vision. But along with that, they also made a steep commitment to social equity. Unlike a lot of urban renewal efforts, past and current, 
no one will be displaced. The same number of affordable housing will be rebuilt. Residents of Yeso Terrace who want to come back are welcome to come back. In addition to that, they will build even more affordable housing along the full affordability continuum. So when it's all said and done, there may be up to 1,500 affordable housing units where there was only 500. Unlike countless stories of housing redevelopment, at Yesler, redevelopment has meant an increase in affordable housing. And with it, an increased commitment to creating social and economic opportunities for the people moving in. To make it happen, there are a lot of cooks in the kitchen. The Seattle Housing Authority, Yesler Community Collaborative, and also folks from nearby Seattle University. But they welcomed a few more chefs from J.P. Morgan Chase, who were able to connect many of the dots and provide resources across the Yesler project. I think J.P. Morgan Chase saw the potential of the transformation as well as the impact the transformation can bring. So very early on, J.P. Morgan Chase was a great benefactor for the Yesler Terrace redevelopment. Here's Chuck Weinstock from J.P. Morgan Chase's Community Development Banking Group in Seattle. Yesler Terrace reflects the ways in which we are involved in the market and the kinds of initiatives that we like to support. The broad participation of multi-elements of the community having projects which have high impact to low-income residents as well as those that expand the job base and support small business. Conceptually, it's just a remarkable match for what we try to do. Yeser Terrace is a community that has a long and very proud history in this city. It shows Seattle as a gateway to the world, as a city that is welcoming to uh, immigrants and many different cultures. Um, as a native Seattleite, I feel very proud about that. Yeser Terrace initiative doesn't start with Yesler Terrace is broken and needs to be fixed by others. It starts with a community that has existed there successfully and proudly and recognizing its location right in the center of the city says, we can take 30 acres that currently has 500 units and expand and evolve it into a new urban community like the others that surround it. Through a combination of philanthropic giving and long-term loans, the J.P. Morgan Chase Foundation has put over $57 million into Yesler. This has gone not only into housing, but to organizations that have strengthened the social fabric of the neighborhood from within. Organizations like the YCC and like Seattle University, which has spent the last few years working on economic development from within Yesler. Sue Oliver is a director of the Innovation and Entrepreneurship Center at the Albers School of Business at Seattle University. Back in 2013, she was looking for a way to get her students involved at nearby Yesler. She saw an opportunity for entrepreneurs in the community to get support from students, while her students will be able to get real-world experience. Thanks to a J.P. Morgan Chase grant through the Seattle Housing Authority, we did an economic development study where we really went in and talked to the residents in Yesler Terrace and really asked them what was next. And out of that came a recommendation and some ideas for affordable retail as well as this concept of a, a resource center or hub that we proposed to J.P. Morgan Chase further down the line and, and got a planning grant for. 
I want to ask you a small favor. Here at Placemakers, we want to learn more about our listeners and their opinions. We know you guys have strong opinions. So we created a quick survey that we'd love for you to take. Those who fill it out will be automatically entered for a chance to win a $500 Amazon gift card. To fill out the survey, go to slate.com slash survey one. That's slate.com slash survey O-N-E. Thanks. With the support of Sue and her students, entrepreneurs at Yesler have received much-needed resources to get their businesses off the ground. It's remarkable how many ideas have sprung from the partnership between Yesler and Seattle University. Another example is we're working with an Ethiopian grocery and injera bread uh, baker who is interested in creating an Ethiopian coffee roastery and cafe. And we've been working with him to consider what would that look like? How could he express and create an experience that would both be very successful as a business, but also be bringing that ethnic fabric to the community? Walking around Yesler, it's pretty incredible to see the effect of the redevelopment project in action. It's buzzing with activity and a spirit of collaboration. And that entrepreneurial hustle is hard to miss. I think the most important thing that we're finding as we're working in the community and connecting with these small businesses and other community partners is we want to make sure that whatever we do really supports the requirements of the small businesses, what success looks like for them, rather than saying, here's what we think we should do. It's really an entrepreneurial process we're following as we're going out and testing these ideas of how we work with these small businesses and how they're received and certainly the whole area of metrics, setting up what what does success look like for these small businesses and how do we work together to have them reach it? The community has been bitten by the entrepreneurial bug. And with the work of Sue and her students, it's clear that it's not going to slow down anytime soon. And what makes it even more likely to keep spreading is that, unlike in the past, the neighborhood is now physically connected to its neighbors. I mentioned earlier it's on top of a hill. And trust me, this hill is a beast. The hill historically was a barrier to foot traffic between Yesler and Chinatown, its bustling neighbor to the south. But today, with the opening of a new walkway called the Hill Climb, there's an amazing channel connecting the two. Chase invested close to a million dollars to build a connector, which we fondly calling the 10th Avenue Hill Climb. It's on a very steep hill, and their grant built steps to break through the barrier, historic barrier, between the International District and Yasu Terrace, keeping each community separated through, you know, either a fence or wild vegetation, and building a set of steps as well as wheelchair access up the steep climb to connect the International District to Yasu Terrace. That was amazing philanthropy in action. The hill climb is sort of the crowning jewel of Yesler Terrace. Here's Chuck Weinstock from J.P. Morgan Chase again explaining the impact of the hill climb. The hill climb provides a direct connection between Yesler Terrace and those neighborhoods. And it does it early on, which is key. Often, redevelopments like Yesler Terrace happen, and then afterwards, you bang your forehead and say, oh, if only we had made the connection between this fabulous thing happening and this other neighborhood, that would have been great. Here, 
it was done early on. And so as Yesler Terrace builds out, as people come, as it you know, becomes again part of their neighborhood, they will always have the connection to Chinatown and Little Saigon as their everyday reality. And likewise, that community can come up the hill to a fantastic new park uh, that is being built that has incredible green space and remarkable views. The second part is in the implementation of the hill climb, it's not just stairs. Artists were selected and the community was engaged in the art installation and it's a gorgeous and amazing reflection of the cultures that are reflected in the uh, Yester neighborhood and Little Saigon. And so you have this very rich, very proud, very colorful and joyful hill climb making the tie between these two neighborhoods. Really spectacular. The hill climb really embodies Yester Terrace. On one hand, it's this functional passageway that connects Yester to foot traffic from other neighborhoods. On the other hand, it's an aesthetic wonder, a gorgeous spot with little offshoots of green space. On any given day, you'll see the impact of the hill climb in action. People of all colors, shapes, sizes, and languages dotting the steps. They're climbing the steps, shopping bags in hand, or they're taking time to enjoy the view and say hello to a familiar face along the way. Hanging out on the steps, you really get a sense of how things are looking for Yesla, and things are looking up. All communities need to feel they belong. They need to have an identity of which they are proud, and they need to reach across communities to celebrate the diversity and reach out to the neighboring communities like Yesla Terrace, which is very, very diverse, with a lot of immigrants and um, refugees and really form the basis of um, healthy and resilient communities as we go forward, looking forward 75 more years. That's how long Yeslo Terrace has been around, and it's getting a chance to remake itself right now, which is a wonderful once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And the surrounding neighborhoods want to be a part of it, want to be supportive, want to share their assets, but also benefit from the momentum of the Yeslo Terrace redevelopment. Thanks for coming with me, Brian Babylon, to Seattle. This has been a paid episode of Placemakers from J.P. Morgan Chase. Subscribe to Placemakers wherever you get your podcasts and head over to jpmorganchase.com to learn more about J.P. Morgan Chase's corporate responsibility program. This paid episode of Placemakers from J.P. Morgan Chase was produced by Panoply Custom Studios. Our theme music was written and performed by Robin Hilton. And a very special thanks to Chuck Weinstock, Doris Koo, Sue Oliver, and Andrew Lofton.